Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to episode number nine of Reaching the Unchurched, 12 Dynamics for Impact. In our last uh, episode, we had the wonderful experience, the mind-stretching, maybe mind-blowing concept of how to reform our secular governance forms that are found in just about every church. And uh, that is a huge roadblock for reaching the unchurched because it discourages our people. It focuses a lot of energy on parliamentary procedure. It just uh, is not a biblical form, and therefore it's not a very helpful and productive form of helping a church become a mission and a ministry to the world. And so that was dynamic number 11. Now, the fascinating dynamic number 12. It is a real key, an extremely important issue to reach the unchurched, a breakthrough opportunity if you get it. And dynamic number 12 is focus on training young adults. Now, this is an interesting subject because right now in the U.S., and before that it started in Canada, and before that it was in England, and before that it was in Europe, and this happens regularly throughout history, is that churches wander from these dynamics, and the end result is churches become an aging group, a handful of older people, and they begin to decline. It, it just makes sense. If, you don't, if you're not effective in reaching the, the uh, unchurched people, uh, people age, people die, you lose your kids, and um, the church becomes ineffective, and it becomes a declining movement. And the movement starts going from the positive to the negative. First it plateaus, and then it goes to the negative. And that's for the whole Christian movement in any country. That's also for the individual church. You go from growth to plateau to decline. And the cycle repeats itself throughout history. Why? Because Christians drift from biblical principles. Why? I don't know, because we're human beings and we're not paying attention to Scripture. So let's take a look at this focus on training young adults. So because there are several elements that are taking place in a declining movement, we're going to run out of ministers. There are several parts of this, several elements. One is we can't attract young people that have already left the church because it's old-fashioned, out of date, not in Bible, but in practice, in strategies, and they just aren't interested. So there isn't a fishing pool for young adults. What happens at the same time right now in history is that many pastors are part of the baby boom generation. And so they have come to a place in their life where they are retiring. In fact, some of them are retiring early. Why? Because they're worn out. They're tired of watching their church decline. It wears on them. It's hard to be part of a 
losing team, year after year, losing more every year. Any smart person finds that to be very difficult to deal with. It's not encouraging. It's very discouraging. And it's wearing. It just wears on you to be a loser all the time. Pastors take their ministry very seriously. So we have this trend of many pastors retiring or retiring early. And we don't have young people that we can get into ministry. And they're just not signing up for ministry training. And this is universal. Bible colleges and seminaries are struggling tremendously to get young people to even consider training for ministry. Why? Because no one wants to be the captain of a sinking ship. There are some young people that are smart enough that they just say, why would I do all that school, pay all that money, and be the head of something, the leader of something that is dying? And besides that, for what it costs to go to school, they're not going to make that much money because declining churches can't afford to pay what people need to repay their Bible college and or seminary debt. Now today, there are many denominations or other groups that are tapping old money from the baby boomer generation to start big foundations and pile up the money and offer Bible college and seminary at a subsidized rate or even free, which is practically bribing people to go into the ministry. I wonder what kind of a calling those people have. Because sometimes it's good to wrestle with the challenges. You know you're vetting people that really are going to be good ministers because they're paying the price. But that's another subject. It's a mess out there. You've got to understand this. And this is a critical issue. This ought to be a flashing red light for every church. Well, if you look at history, every movement in history has a parallel youth movement. So you have to think about movement in a different way. I mean, if somebody wants to go to Bible college and seminary and that's the call of God on their heart, by all means, help them go and help them study for the ministry and help them all the way through. But that alone is not going to be the only strategy in the future. And that could very well be a blessing from God, trying to get our attention, trying to help us think beyond one size fits all for leading a church. So for young people, the bigger the challenge, the better. So in every parallel youth movement in history, the training is best in a short burst boot camp of teaching and hands-on discipling for ministry. Now, there's another reality that's come into the world that makes this even more interesting. Universities across the U.S., anyway, have been concerned that they get students that have spent a lot of screen time 
getting the credibility grade-wise to get into their university. So they apply to these universities, they get in, and guess what the universities discover? These people have the academic qualifications, but their person skills, their, their skills with other people, their relational skills are horrible because they've spent so much screen time working on a computer. So many universities came together and hired the Harvard University School of Education to do a massive multi-million dollar research study and come up with some kind of a direction that will help them get better rounded students and students that know where they want to go in life. That's the other part of this, is that because of the Internet, young adults headed for college can look on the Internet and find more information about the variety of vocations than anybody could at any other time in history. And what happens is they're overwhelmed with the options. They're overloaded with all the possibilities about the direction of their life. And many of them enter school, enter university or college without a clear understanding of who they are on the one hand and what they want to be on the other hand. And so what happens is they end up having to pick a major and then halfway through school and sometimes even at the end of their education, after four years of very expensive education, they either switch majors or discover that all the money they've poured into university that they'll be paying off for many, many years is not the vocation that they want to do. And so there are two things in life that are your most expensive mistakes. One is divorce. People that are divorced, that, that just pick the wrong spouse, and it doesn't work out for whatever reasons, and if they have kids, it's even worse, they are never going to get on top of the financial power curve for the rest of their life. It's very expensive. The other one is going to college or a university and picking the wrong major and spending six years in university to get a four-year degree. At the cost of university or college, that is the other big financial mistake that will saddle you with debt for years to come. It's, it's hard enough to go through university and pay off your debt at the cost of university today, but to change majors and go extra years that's even worse. It's crippling. The same would be true if you went through Bible college or seminary, or both, and it turned out that's not really your calling. So, some people, including Church Doctor Ministries, have invented short burst boot camps where people learn about themselves right after high school 
or even if they're in their second year of university and don't have a clue what they want to do and just say, I'm going to stop and get off this train before I get so in debt. I just don't know. I've got to pick a major. I have no clue. I'm just not sure. I don't know enough about myself. And this fits right into what Harvard University discovered. After all these millions of dollars of research, they said, after high school, don't go to college. Believe it or not, Harvard University said that. Don't go to college. Take a year and figure out who you are. Do something that engages you with other people. Learn more about yourself. We're not talking about traveling the world and drinking yourself everywhere you go or partying. We're talking about do something meaningful that will help you know who you are uniquely and learn people skills in a way that will help you do something. Volunteer to do things or whatever. So in the Christian world, people like Church Doctor Ministries have developed a boot camp that is 10 months, uh, costs very little. Actually, it costs the person nothing. Basically, they get a few people to sponsor them. And this is called, from Church Doctor Ministries, it's called SEND, S-E-N-D, North America. And there might be some other really good, reputable ways to do this. Now, what's really interesting, if you stop a minute and just think, in Europe, they've discovered this challenge for young adults many years ago. So now... Throughout Europe, most people graduate from what they call secondary school. We would call high school. They graduate from secondary school, and it's known as one of the cultural things that people do is when you get done, you do what they call a gap year. It's the gap between what we call high school, they call secondary school, and university. This is what they do. They learn or participate in something that gives them real-life experience and better understanding of themselves. For Christians who want to do this here in America, we developed Send North America. It was an original idea from us. We learned about it in England, and the people there who have a program to do that called FORM, they helped us to start this in the U.S. Now, years ago, U.S. young adults could go to England and do this, but now the laws have changed, the immigration laws have changed, and the only way you can live legally in England with a visa for 10 months is if you study at a state university, and that's because of ISIS that was having young adults train in another country at a so-called training system to become a religious leader, and they were actually being trained to do bad things under that cover. And, of course, the governments of the world had to deal with that, and they had to treat every religion the same by law, so they nixed it for Christian training as well. And so now only state certified universities can take students from another country. 
And so we started Send North America at Church Doctor Ministries. It costs your church nothing. It costs the young adults nothing. They actually get a kit on how to raise the money, which is very minimal, to do this for 10 months. It begins by learning about yourself. It begins by learning something that most Christians and churches don't learn anymore because we've gotten away from Scripture, and that is, what are your spiritual gifts? It also gives you an opportunity to do all sorts of excursions to get involved in nursing homes, jail ministry, working with people who are homeless, uh, teaching uh, in a Sunday school, doing all these different things to explore not what you'd like to do as a person who's a member of a church. That for sure, some of these young adults end up just going into a vocation, going to the university, getting a degree, doing whatever they've learned they really want to do. Others actually decide they want to do some kind of a ministry in a church, and these people are snapped up by churches. In fact, there's usually several churches working against each other trying to hire these young adults because they're so well-trained beyond all the other things and learning about themselves and maturing and growing as Christians. They also become missionaries to America no matter what they do. If they get a job at a company somewhere that's not a Christian company, doesn't matter. They'll be great members of churches, and they have the missionary imprint for the rest of their lives. And there are no casualties. We've done this for now for, we're in our eighth year, as I record this, and so far everyone has graduated. We called it commissioning, but it's graduation, after 10 months, and their parents are absolutely ecstatic about who they've become and their stability of who they know, who they are and who they aren't, how God has organized them uniquely, and they've learned some skills that will help them, whatever they do, whether they go on to college or university, whether they go on to a Bible college or a seminary and do that route, or whether they just become a member of a church, they are gold for every church. But there are churches that want them as youth pastors, as administrators of their church, to lead a ministry in their church, to be assistants to the pastor, and they don't cost what a pastor costs. And their lives are changed forever. And are they better ready for marriage? Oh, absolutely. They're ready for life better than anything you can imagine. I know because I teach in this sometimes, and so every year I teach, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 times, but we have 49 other teachers, and every one of us volunteer. And they come back every year to volunteer. Why? Because they're amazed at the growth of these young adults. And it's a God thing, but it's also part of the mechanism. So we have young adults out there that are youth pastors, missionaries overseas or here in our country. We have one young lady that became a Christian camp leader. We have another guy who ended up being a church planter, working underneath a pastor. We have another one that's become an evangelist, another one that's become a teacher at a Christian school. They just go all over the place, and some of them go into regular business, but they are just great Christians at their church. 
and they become leaders, not paid leaders, or they become staff members on churches. There are just so many ways they can go. We have a young lady that really graduated from nursing school, still didn't know what she wanted to do, had a heart to be an international missionary, came to send North America, and she's working, the last I heard, in Thailand as a cross-cultural missionary with some ministry over there. She just loves it, and she's got her nursing skills besides. So she's doing kind of medical missionary work. It's just amazing what these young adults do. They are literally discipled, and they can also return to send a second year and become a send leader, and we will give away all the materials, and they can come back to their own church and start a send unit there. Let me tell you about the churches in England that have been doing this for several decades. When they have a send unit, I mean what they call a form unit, at their church, they have all these young adults training at this church, and they're from all over. And they are around this church every day during the week. And that church picks from that group some of the outstanding leaders that rise to the top, and that's where they get their future staff. I know this because before the government changed the rules, my son went to form when it was legal to be in England, and out of the several young adults that were in form that year, the pastors of that church chose one of them, our son, to be on staff to reach students at the university. And so he was a missionary to the university for that church, and they reached more young adults than any church I've ever seen. Not because of my son, but because they have form there and because he was trained to be a missionary. This could be replicated anywhere. Now he lives in the United States, and he's a church planter and attending seminary at the same time. But what he knows, what he learned over there, not only in form but also on staff, is phenomenal. And so while he's going to seminary online, and he spends some intensive days at the seminary, but he also has about 30 young adults, formerly non-Christians, that meet in a house church at his home. And now they've started a second home in this movement that he started, and he's got another year of seminary. They've already organized as a nonprofit in the U.S. government, And so, I don't know, by the time a year from now, when he actually is finished and gets his Master of Divinity, he's going to have who knows how many house churches. He literally is reaching out to people that are not Christians or are lapsed Christians. It's amazing. I'm not bragging on my son because he's my son, but I just want you to know, these send young adults. I know a guy up in Ypsilanti, Michigan, that went through send, And he struggled a little bit going through sin, but he stuck with it and, you know, he coached him through, got a lot of support from the elders in his church. Now he's back at his church. Their church is across the street from a university. They have tried to reach university students for probably a decade unsuccessfully, maybe one or two, but really couldn't figure it out. As a missionary, he's got it nailed, and they're reaching university students for their church, which is right across the road from a major, huge university. It's amazing. And so 
these people are high-value assets to the church. It's not going through Bible college or seminary. It's not getting them in debt. But, oh, my goodness, their parents, any of their parents could tell you, they are so thankful their young adults went through this. And so if you know a young adult, for the sake of your church, for the sake of the Christian movement, and for the sake of that young adult, have them look into it. If they're going to graduate from high school, if they're in college or university but aren't clear where they're going in life, if there's someone interested in Christianity at all, they should be someone that's taking a look at Send North America and maybe talking to some of the leaders, one of which part-time is my son. So think about it. Think about a send unit that could be at your church. You would recapture young adults for your church. And you know what else? You would find a person, if they stay in your church, that would be phenomenally helpful. Even if they're just a member of your church, you would tap that person all the time. That person could train their pastor on how to be a missionary to America. The best person also to reach the next generation, which for many churches we have totally lost that whole generation of young adults, the best person to reach them is a person from their generation who has been trained to be a missionary. And that brings us full circle to the idea of reaching the unchurched, young adults, a dynamic for impact. In our next episode, I'm going to summarize and finish this series with episode number 10, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about why every Christian and every church needs a second conversion. You might be a Christian, but what are you missing that God wants for you at the next step? Come back and we'll finish up with episode 10. God bless you. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Who Broke My Church? Seven Proven Strategies for Renewal and Revival, available now wherever books are sold.